So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. How are you? What's happening? What new awarenesses have you had this week? Just take a moment to pause to think about what you've noticed about your relationship to alcohol this week that maybe seemed just like a stuck belief before. And celebrate it. We do so much and so many women, high achieving, ambitious women out in the world that are wanting the best life for themselves, their loved ones, and their families often are on to the next thing before you even stop to, you know, reap the rewards of all of the seeds that you were sowing. And this is really what can make life feel very unsatisfying. Because the reason that you're on to the next thing or or you're worried about, you know, doing it right or not being enough is so that you can be happy, right? It's an, it's always, the result is always for an emotion. We don't really do anything thinking that we're going to feel like crap when we do it, except for drinking. <laughs> we know the, we know the truth about that. Um, but I think that, you know, when you, when you don't stop to smell the roses and you don't get in your body and really 
look around, see the beautiful space that you've created, the beautiful family that you have. You're constantly on chasing the next thing and the next thing. And that's okay, right? I think that, you know, we should kind of make the most out of what we came here for, what's possible, but to what end, right? It's like, how do you know when you get there? Now, if you aren't having, you know, negative consequences from that and you're really in charge of managing your mind, then you can be in the pursuit of the achievement and kind of having that, you know, um, that, that kind of steady state of a little bit of an increased dopamine level, which, um, I talked about on the show when I did the podcast about dopamine, but for anyone, no matter what, when you have a really big achievement or there's a big event that you planned really hard for, there's usually always a crash. And this is just the way that the human brain works. Um, Anna Lemke, the woman that wrote Dopamine Nation, she kind of described it as like a little, the pain pleasure balance of the limbic system as kind of like a teeter totter. And the way that the brain regulates is we don't ever really want to stay in either one of those extremes for very long. It's always kind of trying to regulate back to to more of a stasis, more of a neutral, you know, level, um, level playing field. So we're not in pain for too long and we're not in pleasure for too long. But what happens when we have increasingly higher or unnatural levels of dopamine more frequently, um, our baseline and the spike get further and further away. And then the, the, the prefrontal cortex stops communication with that, which is our, with the limbic system, which is our most primal, um, uh, primal part of our brain. So, it's the part of our brain that has gotten us to this point and the part of the brain that many other, like most other species also have because this is how you survive. You know what's pleasurable and what's pain. Well, we have associations, right? The human brain has consciousness. So, well, maybe the human brain doesn't have consciousness, but humans experience consciousness. We can we don't really know where consciousness lives. Um, we can think about thinking. And then we also have the prefrontal, which is like planning um, and, you know, being able to understand consequences. Now, when the, when the, that balance of the plain pain pleasure balance is out of balance, it is kind of overriding and get makes the the access and the communication to the prefrontal cortex very cloudy, right? And then, of course, if you think about just adding any sort of substance, chemical, drug, right? It's it's going to inhibit your your the the, the highest capacity or functioning of the brain in general because it's a drug. I mean, essentially, a poison, right? I mean, ethanol is a poison and um, creates gray matter and gray area in the brain. So of course, it's not going, you're not, your brain's not going to be functioning at optimal capacity, right? Um, So that's why I feel like it's really important to have, you know, these little natural pleasure spikes of dopamine just by taking a moment to just appreciate, you know, gratitude is, is a, just a little bit of a natural spike. But for so many of you, you are in a state of worry. The brain is kind of 
running the show. It's going so fast. You can't even think about what your thoughts are. You don't even know. And really, you need to mitigate and start to manage the mind and see where you have open thought loops. And so what I wanted to talk today about was where is your attention? Because whatever's taking up your attention is taking you away from the life that you want. Now, we want to be able to do all of it. And I think this is why women's women's alcohol consumption has increased so much in, you know, kind of our modern age. I mean, not only, and then marketing of course has jumped on that bandwagon and, um, really promoted it really heavily to women. Um, but because I think the ability to multitask and really keep a lot of information um, kind of in the forefront of our, of our experience is a natural thing. Um, you know, I, I know like I can keep a checklist a mile long in my head and it's not really useful because now I have all of these open thought loops that are taking away information. Um, and so the best thing to do is to schedule it all in and to delegate too, right? So I make a list and so I can take it off of my plate and I can just stop thinking about it. Like here's for Matthew, and then I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to, and then I'm going to put it in the calendar so I can actually get it done. Does this happen all the time? Of course not, but it's very, very important because so much of why you're drinking and the need to need to unwind and relax is because of where your attention is, right? Um, I heard this kind of metaphor from um, this gentleman who's like a business strategist, marketing guy, um, Alex Hermosi. He's pretty awesome. And he was just saying, you know, we have, if if our attention is like a bowl full of marbles and we're like marbles are, you know, in each one of these places, when it comes to to actually focusing on the one, the thing that you want to really do, whether it's your business or, you know, your health or your sex life or whatever, it's like, you, your, your attention is in all these other places. And so your energy is also scattered. And this is one of, this is the thing that creates the desire to drink, the need to unwind, the need to relax. And he, um, in this one video I watched was actually talking about, um, he really kind of, he's makes a ton of money and he studies billionaires and their, you know, kind of their lifestyle patterns and this is something that I know really to be true for me as I really grew my business this year. I had the biggest growth year that I've had. I'm really proud of myself. I um, met, I surpassed my financial goal and it was really exciting. And in, in amongst all of that, I was able to really support and help other women on their journey and be here for you. And, and it feels good. And I, and I really want to recognize my achievement for that. But you know what I had to do to do that? literally shut everything down. I didn't listen to podcasts. I dabbled in a few little, you know, inspiring books in the early morning or at bedtime briefly. Um, it took me about six months to finish an audio book. I wasn't on social media. Um, 
You know, and it wasn't like my, I don't watch TV, like every once in a while we'll have a movie night or whatever, but I didn't take in any information that wasn't directly related to my goal, to growing my business or taking care of my son and like being with my family. And the the couple years prior to starting my business, I was taking in so much information here, there, everywhere. Um, I do, I did do a program with my spiritual mentor. It was like um a, a leadership training. And that was really to keep me grounded and centered into my faith, what's really important to me. Um, and, you know, out of kind of the distortions of what achievement can be, because you have to manage the ego um, when you're working on a growth mindset a hundred percent. But I think that all of it's possible. And from a place of service, um, we can all have everything that we want because the earth in life is a, is abundant by its nature, right? So, yeah, I had to, and well, it was such a welcome, welcoming. It was so wonderful. And you know, I had been in a business coaching program, and I took the components that I needed from that, and just consistency, 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 and commitment, evaluation, applying them over and over and over again. And like, I still have so much further to grow in that. And so now, because I was really consistent with a few things instead of like, oh, I tried this for a couple of weeks and it didn't work. And I went on, it was like, no, now I know what did work. Now this new, these new skills are part of my life. These new values of consistency and commitment and conviction are part of my life when it comes to my work. Well, now I can focus on something else, right? I can focus on maybe marketing. I can focus on course development. Development. I can focus on, um, you know, um, becoming more masterful at sales, right? Whatever that is. Um, so, and this takes a lot of mindset work. It takes work to see, well, where are my beliefs that are limiting? Um, you know, a lot of times I think for, for people that are entrepreneurs, they have the drive and the creativity, but they don't step into the fact that they are now a business person, a CEO of their own company. And that's something that I really had to do. And it kind of took an identity shift to really be responsible to be my own best employee, right? And what that really took was mitigating um, where my attention was going. And when I would see, you know, kind of old story dramas come up, maybe around family or relationships, it was like, well, let's handle these, right? Not even with the other person, but how can I find some internal closure and internal boundaries for myself? And of course, being the time of the in human existence that it is with all of the other things that are going on in the world and kind of this upheaval of just like, you know, like all of these other things to think about. But at the end of the day, you know, how are these, if I, if I've made the decision <laughs> of like how I'm going to be in the world, right. With like, you know, wearing a mask or whatever it is, then I've already decided like how many times do you need to redecide to do something? Like I know my truth. I know where my family is like, we're doing our thing and then that's it. Right. And so it's kind of like reiterating the same information again and again and again, um, it's like, decide what you believe, find the facts that and the evidence for yourself, right? And then make the decision. And what other people decide to do, 
you know, that's, that's that leaky attention, right? Um, that righteousness of like social media and like all of it, it's just, it's really taking you away from the life that you want to live and the woman that you are. And it doesn't mean that you can't be considerate of the plight of others, but I, for me, and I've talked about this before, my ability for generosity is through the roof. It doesn't, you know, whether it's financial or, or attention, right? But of course, even with that, you know, it was like talking on the phone with friends or, you know, visiting with people. It was like, I have to, ske- I have to schedule that in and I have to keep boundaries around that, right? And then see what come, your brain comes up with, right? Like, oh, that it's not polite or that you need to be available to people. And I see this happen a lot when, they, when women change their relationship to alcohol and really step into their power. They see see that one of the reasons that they were drinking was because they were putting themselves last, right? And so there's going to be a lot of story that comes up about saying no, setting boundaries, maybe being and interacting differently with your family than you did in the past, right? That you're not available all the time at a whim when someone needs you, that you're going to make decisions from your own truth because you're discovering what that means versus just going along with maybe what your partner wants, where your preferences are starting to matter and be more important to you now. And, you know, of course you have to ask, like, is this out of righteousness or is this, you know, out of service to myself? Like, am I doing things I really don't want to do or can, you know, there's some discernment in there, right? So, so really, I would love for you to see like, what are you unwinding from and where do you have a lot of loose ends? Because we can mitigate your relationship from alcohol from the outside in. And then, you know, then it's going to take a little bit of that habitual attachment to the chemical response of it. But really what you're doing and what we're doing here in this program is eliminating your desire to drink, right? So when you think about quitting drinking, it's like forever. It sounds like, how can you imagine your life without it? So on and so forth. But what I really want you to consider is not that you're quitting alcohol, but that you're managing your mind, you're managing your life, you're taking personal responsibility for your emotions and validating them so that now you can start to eliminate the desire and the need to drink right? And once your desire for something wanes, well, then there's no more problem, right? Now, there will still be sticky thoughts, right? Because this is a deeply ingrained interwoven habit if you've been drinking for a long time, but you become very aware of the reality of the truth of them, right? So you have a thought about alcohol, but you know it's just a thought. It doesn't have that same pull and the same emotions and the same sensations and all of that. So this is possible for you. So I really want you to think about the 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 idea of eliminating your desire for alcohol versus just not drinking, right? Because if you've been listening to this for a long time, you know that it's not in the action, but it's in your thoughts and in your emotions. It's going to make the change and in honoring yourself and getting very clear about where your attention is going, right? Is it serving you? What are the dramas in your life that have no bearing for anyone, right? That aren't that aren't significant or what dramas are you being? And I say dramas because it's like a story, right? It's like, is it even real? But 
you know, a lot of times we want to kind of think about the plight of others in relationship to how we can feel in this present moment. And that doesn't make sense, right? Like for you to be empathetic and supportive and in service of the plight of another, maybe the injustices of the world, you're misery is not a requirement in that. You are like drinking is not a requirement in that. You can live a, a satisfied, more fulfilled, joyful life. Of course, you're going to experience pain, discomfort. People are going to do things that you don't like. There'll be triggers, you know, reactions and so on, but you can still live a joyful life. And, and what I feel like, and I've just said this was be in more service, have more to give where, you know, you don't have the expectation of anything in return, right? You don't need to tell people about your acts of kindness, right? Um, it's like the best deeds are the ones that go unspoken. And I really want you to look into that for yourself because this changing this relationship isn't just about, you know, hangover free Saturdays, which are amazing, but it's about really getting honest and developing a, a real honest relationship with yourself to see, you know, where have I been giving my power away? And now I'm giving it away even more because now I'm using alcohol <laughs> to um, solve for my emotions, right? And the first place to start are what are your thoughts about your relationship about alcohol, right? Are you hiding it? Do Are you shameful about it? Are you making excuses for it? Because you're an adult. There is no one else in this world that you need to to validate your ability to drink or not drink. So it's all of your thoughts about drinking, the shoulds, the, the, I shouldn't be that I'm broken right now. If, if you have like young children at home and there are, you're, you're acting in a way towards other people that feels unhealthy or unsafe, of course, you know, consider that I'm not saying that, but any stories or beliefs that you, that you have seen have been created about, you know, that, that are making your changing your relationship to alcohol, the relationship you have with alcohol, if they're creating negative emotion, you really need to examine those and know that I'm an adult. And something that I really did kind of my first year of examination before I stopped drinking was I really unapologetically to myself decided like, this isn't a problem. This drinking isn't a problem in, it doesn't make me good or bad, right? And then when I really just gave myself permission for drinking to not be a problem anymore, like the desire went away. So I want you to consider telling yourself drinking is not a problem, right? And just see what happens to your brain. Because drinking is neutral, but there are unintended consequences of the addictive quality of it, right? So there are things when you consume alcohol, but the 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 kind of category or the circumstance of alcohol itself before it is consumed, it's not, it's just there, right? And so, and even, you know, your attachment to it, you get to decide what that means, right? So you can say like your attachment to alcohol right now, your relationship to alcohol is neutral. How do you want to decide? It's like, well, I'm an adult. I made decisions. I did this thing. Here were the unintended consequences, but 
I don't need to hide my drinking to change it. I don't need to tell myself I'm broken to change it, right? Well, I created a desire for alcohol and now I'm going to start eliminating my desire for alcohol. First of all, by seeing where all of my attention is going, where I'm stressing myself out and where I'm feeling the need to need to relax and need to unwind. And then you can relax by and what um, we call in yoga is conscious relaxation, right? Like Shavasana, where you just lay down and you breathe and you give your weight of gravity over to the girth and you just chill, right? And because at this point, alcohol is just feeding itself. Like you're, you're only solving now for the relief of the alcohol, in addition to, you know, the, the, the stories that the, the habit of alcohol continue to perpetuate and continue to create for you, which is to get that alcohol, right? So it's sneaky. It's going to keep telling you things are problems, but it's like, if nothing's really a problem, unless you say it is, well, just chill out, right? I would really encourage anyone listening to, to this today to take a fast from consumption, Take a fast, even for one week, from the news, from social media, from audiobooks, from podcasts, from television, and spend it with yourself. See how much time you gain back. Because if you're always engaging in other people's thinking, now you're kind of put, that's like giving your power away also, right? And that was one of the reasons I stopped doing all that because I was looking outside of myself for the answers and to create an amazing program for my clients, I needed to really look in, well, what was my truth? What were the things that I was doing so I could be of best in service, really focus on the, my clients' minds, my clients' problems and not be you know, looking for the answers outside of myself. And that's essentially what we're doing with alcohol. So if you start that process now of looking inward about your other problems and solving those problems from your own mind, from a place of curiosity and compassion, the need for alcohol will also change. I can't wait to see you sometime in the future. Let's connect. Send me an email if there's anything you want me to cover on the show. I would absolutely love, love, love to hear from you. And if you haven't yet, follow the link to leave a five-star review for the show and say what you love about it because it really helps other women just like you find this content that, as you know, can be life-changing because we need all hearts on deck right now. We need this earth needs you with your eyes wide open, really seeing reality, right? Not being blinded by our beliefs and being able to just mitigate from a place of compassion, all of your stressors, right? You've got better things to do than stay in these old stories that have been kind of keeping you down so that you can find things that are inspiring that you really want to focus on. Maybe you are starting a business, right? Maybe you're have a creative project you're doing. We want to get your energy flowing in in things that are feeling better, inspiring, motivated, connected to the earth, connected to community, connected to other people, right? So look for it. How could this be better, right? It's going to be amazing. You're wonderful. Have a great day. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, 
I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.